We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. And the power of God's word. You know, I think, do we still have an extraordinary value placed on this book? Do we still hold it in high esteem? Do we still view it as the inerrant, infallible, undeniable word of God? Do we know that when we're holding this book, though that it is pages and ink that is still alive today. This book, though I don't feel its breath, it is breathing. Though I don't seem, it doesn't seem to be alive, but yet it is alive. Do we still believe that the Bible is right and somebody is wrong? Do we still know that if you want to make somebody nervous on an airplane, don't pull out your phone, pull out a Bible. I've been numerous times, I have been sitting by sinners, say amen. I said, say amen. Sitting by somebody that I knew was not a believer, but they didn't want to talk to me because they immediately sat down and put on their headphones, pulled their hoodie up as much over their head as they possibly could. But I knew I could make them nervous. Uh, Lonzo, when I pulled out my Bible, opened up my tray, and just let the Bible speak for it. I had a man one time while my Bible was sitting out there on the tray. Sometimes I don't even read it, Brother Brian. I just lay it out there just to make them nervous. And I lay the Bible out there, and they just kind of like, then they just start looking at you, and they start twitching and, and getting a little squirmish as they're drinking, sipping their wine. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sitting there while the Bible is just sitting there, Brother George, just looking at them while they're trying to be sinful. They got to look at something that they know, though they don't read it, they know that the Bible is right. and They, they don't want to admit it. Their lifestyle will not confirm it, but the Bible is right. And one day a man looked at me and said, Hey, uh, do you believe all the words in that book? And I said, Well, you look like a gambling man. He said, I do. I said, Yeah. I said, I believe you like to gamble on them horses, don't you? He looks at me and he says, Well, how do you know that? I said, Well, you look like a gambler. <laughs> And I said, uh, if you are a gambling man, uh, you know, this Bible, uh, if it is wrong, if the whole book is nothing more than a fairy tale, nothing more than a Harry Potter series, if you're wrong or you're right and that's all it is, uh, there's no problem. There is no skin been lost in the game. But if you're wrong and the Bible is right, <laughs> what are you going to do? And I said, every seagull, will you mean to tell me that you believe in Noah's ark? I said, I believe in Noah's ark and that he called the animals two by two and they climbed up in the ark and they were in the ark for 40 days and 40 nights did it rain and they were in the ark for about a year. I believe it. He said, well, do you believe that it was inspired word of God that God gave it to men? I said, that's what the Bible says. And brother Fred, if the Bible says it, then I believe it and that settles it. But as a matter of fact, it's settled whether I believe it or not. 
I love pulling out the Bible in school. Uh, hey, y'all already know school has already started, but they haven't let me into the schoolhouse yet. That don't start till Thursday. Don't be surprised if I roll into school at Carver, uh, Carver Middle School and just carry me a Bible and slap it down there and say, what about that? Oh, yeah, see, y'all yeah. I said, it's okay. Yeah, praise the Lord. I said, it's all right. The Bible's right. It offends people. Do you know why the Bible, Pastor John, offends people? Because it is the only truth that is available to men. And we've got a bunch of people running around talking about, I'm trying to find my truth. I'm trying to find my truth. I'm living my truth. Honey, if you're living your truth, you're living a lie. Because the truth is a man. And the man is represented by this book. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. For the same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him and without him there was nothing made that was made I'm talking about the B-I-B-L-E that's the book for me I stand alone any vacation Bible school people in the house today I stand alone on the word of God the B-I-B-L-E anybody can anybody spell Bible at least do that amen Glory to God. But you know that today, in the world in which we live, many people regard the Bible as just another literary work alongside on their bookshelf next to such great works like Homer's Odyssey, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, and Austin's Pride and Prejudice. Speaking of Austin, did he not sound like Lord Vader while he's doing the prayer over the offering? Amen. Uh, this is my book. I was like, my God, where'd he get that voice? I, from me, of course, praise the Lord. Pastor John and I were down there trying to imitate his voice. We couldn't get in the basement that deep. But, uh, man, God bless you, Austin. Let the Lord use you. Amen. They think that God's holy word is nothing more than an old, dusty classic. Others mock the very thought of even taking it seriously enough to even read. Some would think that you're ignorant for owning a copy, though the majority of homes in America have at least one Bible. How many of you in here have at least, I'm not talking about your phone, I'm talking about one with the pages on it. How many of you got at least one at your house? Wave at me. How many of you, go on now, wave at me, amen, now's the, that's the time to be a How many of you actually brought one with you? I'm not talking about your phone, I'm talking about you brought the Bible with you. I'm not talking about you version, I'm talking about the Bible. Anybody got a Bible with four people? Praise the Lord. Okay, anyway, it's all right. You probably got it on your phone and swiping between a text and the Bible at the same time. It's all right. The devil is a lie. Anyway, glory to God. But I want you to know that the Bible is in and of itself unique. Different than any other book. And I'm going to prove it tonight. I'm going to read a little bit more of my sermon than I normally do. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor Tommy, could you teach me how to write a sermon? And I said, well, when I figure it out, I'll teach you. Somebody say, amen. Uh, normally, my sermons are on pages like this right here. I have here a sermon note outline here. It's called a sticky note. Amen. Glory to is my sermon here, but uh, tonight I'm going to surprise everybody and I'm going to read a little bit. Somebody say amen. The Bible is unique. When Webster of Webster's Dictionary must have had the Bible 
in mind when he gave us the definition for the word unique. The word unique means the only one, single, soul, different from all others, having no like or equal, standing alone, unique. The Bible is unique in its continuity. The Bible has been written over the span of 1,500 years. Written by more than 40 authors from every walk of life, including kings, military leaders, uh, philosophers, fishermen, tax collectors, poets, musicians, statesmen, scholars, and shepherds. Written by people like Moses, a political leader and judge trained in the University of Egypt. David, a shepherd, a poet, a musician, a warrior, and a king. By Amos, who was a farmer and a herdsman. Joshua, a military general. Nehemiah, a cupbearer to a pagan king. Daniel, a prime minister. Solomon, king and philosopher. Luke, an historian and physician. Peter, a fisherman turned preacher. Matthew, a tax collector. And Paul, a persecutor of Christians it was written in different places Moses in the wilderness Jeremiah in a dungeon Daniel on a hillside and in a palace Paul inside prison walls Luke while traveling and John while in exile on the island of Patmos it was written in different moods, some writing from, the, writing from the heights of joy, others writing from the depths of despair and sorrow, some during times of certainty and conviction, others during times of confusion and doubt. It was written on three different continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. And if there's any Mormons that happen to be watching, I need to let you know that there was never a time where there was any of God's holy scripture written in the United States of America. Somebody say amen. Joseph Smith needs to read the Bible. Glory. Galatians 1.8 that says, if any man preach unto you another gospel than what I have preached, let him be cursed. I'm here to preach and tell you the Bible is right. And somebody is wrong. Different characters are written in different variety of literary styles. Poetry, historical narrative, song, romance, personal correspondence, memoirs, satire, biography, autobiography, law, prophecy, parables, and allegory. It's so unique that no matter what type of literature you may like, the Bible can accommodate you right where you are. Full of different types of characters. Jacob who was a cheater. Peter who had a temper. David who had an affair. Noah who got drunk. Jonah who ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Martha was a worrier. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Elijah was depressed. Moses was a stuttering murderer. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. Abraham was too old and laughed. Lazarus was dead. That lets me know that no matter what type of character you are, God is able to use you right where you are. The Bible can accommodate every character in this room. Somebody say glory. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you because you sure enough are a character. Somebody say amen. <laughs> hey, glory to God. 
Hallelujah. The Bible addresses hundreds of controversial subjects that create opposing opinions when mentioned or discusses hot topics such as marriage, divorce, remarriage, homosexuality, adultery, obedience to authority, truth-telling and lying and murdering, character development, parenting and finances, the nature of God and the revelation of God. Yet from Genesis to Revelation, these writers address these issues with an amazing amount of harmony. People oftentimes, Pastor John asked me, what book are you reading now? And I tell them Romans. No, what book are you actually reading now? I say the book of Galatians. I just got done bringing, putting a lot of books from my office at the rec department and had to bring them all the way to my office at my house. And I've got all these books, two bookshelves full of it. And I was looking, yeah, full of it is right. Amen. And I started looking at every book. And I thought to myself, these books have definitely have got good information upon the pages. But I've got to tell you, those books could be burnt up today and we wouldn't be missing anything. There wouldn't be no lack in my mind because as long as you get a hold of this book, you don't need any self-help books. You want a book about finances? Read the Bible. The Bible can give you a financial plan that will set you on a path, that will set you in a place where you can give an inheritance to your children and your children's children. You ought to give God a praise because the Bible is right and somebody is wrong. In spite of the diversity of this book, the Bible presents a single unfolding story. God's plan to redeem man. Finally, the most important of all the characters in God's holy word is the leading character. The one that the entirety of the Bible is written about. From Genesis all the way down to the missionary journeys of Paul. The map. Somebody say amen. This leading character is woven within every text, within every scripture, within every verse, within every chapter. It has one centralized character, and his name is Jesus. If you want to know the subject matter of this book, the subject matter is about the man, Jesus Christ, and how he can impact the lives of those that take the time to read this holy book. The law provides the foundation of Christ. The historical books show the preparation for Christ. The poetical books show the aspirations of Christ. The prophetic books display the expectation for Christ. The gospels reveal the historical manifestation of Christ. The acts relate to the promotion of Christ. The epistles, the interpretation of Christ. And the book of Revelation is found the consummation of all things that are in Christ. Glory to God. Now, I know that you have probably heard this list before, but if you will just humor me for just a few moments, I want to take you from Genesis to the book of Revelation and just let you know how Jesus is woven, Yusuf, in every book, all 66 books of the Bible in Genesis. He's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet 
like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's the trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra and Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of broken down walls of human life. In Esther and Job, he's our ever living redeemer. In Psalms, he's our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he's our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he's our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords. In Jeremiah, he's our righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's a wheel in the middle of the wheel and the wonderful four-faced man. Can somebody say amen? In Daniel, he's a fourth man in the fiery furnace. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband. In Joel, he's a baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. In Jonah, he's our great missionary. In Micah, he's a messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is God's evangelist. In Zephaniah, he is our savior. In Haggai, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he's the fountain opened in the house of David. And in Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. He's Jesus all over the Old Testament. You can't live without him. You can't deny him. He's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus from Genesis to Malachi. He's Jesus. Somebody say glory. Hallelujah. In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he's the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's our justifier. In First and Second Corinthians, he is our sanctifier. In Galatians, he is our redeemer. Ephesians, he's Christ of unsearchable riches. In, the, in Philippians, he is the God who supplies our every need. In Colossians, he's fullness of the Godhead bodily. In First and Second Thessalonians, he is our coming king. In First and Second Timothy, he is our mediator between God and man. In Titus, he is the faithful pastor. In Philemon, he is our friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he is the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he is our great physician. In First and Second Peter, he is our chief shepherd. In First, Second, and Third John, he is love. In Jude, he is the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints and in Revelation he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the one that is coming to stretch out his long lean Galilean leg over that steamy white stallion coming at the sound of Gabriel's trumpet to take you and I home to forever be with him in eternity his name is Jesus 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 and if you want to get to know him you ought to blow the dust off your Bible and give it a try taste and see that the Lord is good oh you ought to shout right now glory to God he's all over this word glory to God the Bible is unique in its circulation and in its translation 
You probably know this, but if you do, I'll remind you. There is not a number one bestseller in the, since the invention of the printing press. There has never been a book to outsell or be outread by the Bible. Never in human history has there ever been a book read more than the Bible. The second one, or the Bible, has sold nearly 4 billion copies. This is sold books, not gave away books. Sold 4 billion copies. Number two on that list is some sort of Chinese proverb book. It's did a measly 820 million. Harry Potter, by the way, for the Harry Potter fans in, in the house has sold 400 million copies. Lord of the Rings, 103 million. The rest on that list are so minuscule and irrelevant, no need to mention them. Somebody say, Amen. There has never been a book that has been translated into, into more languages than the Bible. I said, there's never been a book in human history translated into more languages. Most books that are worth reading are at max translated into two or three, maybe ten languages at most. But the Bible, incomplete from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible has been translated into 717 languages around the world. 1,582 different languages that have the New Testament. 1,196 different languages on top of the other languages have been just portions of the Bible. Making a grand total of about 3,495 different languages. This book that is sitting on your coffee table has been translated that many times into that many different languages. But there's about 7,000 known languages. So there's still work to be done to get a Bible in the hand of every single person on earth. And then I know that God could do something great. See, I, I, I'm glad the young people are here. You need to know the value of the Bible. Because you, you probably can quote two scriptures. Jesus wept and maybe John 3.16. You better learn the Bible in these last and evil days if you're going to stand against your ignorant teachers that are teaching doctrines of demons and in college where the philosophies of men are higher than the philosophies of God. I've got to preach and tell you the only way that you will stand against them is to know this book. It's alive and it's able to pierce even the heart of man. You've got to learn the Bible. You've got to learn the Bible. Matter of fact, take out your preacher finger. Take it out. Your preaching finger. Amen. Not your driving finger, the one you used in traffic today. I'm talking about, amen. I'm talking about your preaching finger and point at somebody and say, you need to learn the Bible. I'm not talking about the Pentecostal hot topic scriptures. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. You've wore that verse out. Say, okay, say. Say amen, amen. Jesus wept. All right, there's one you got memorized. Glory to God. Say amen. 
Got to learn the word, like like learn the word. Get it down inside of you. Like David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart so I will not sin against you. The reason some folks have a sin problem, Pastor John, is because they have a word deficit problem in their heart. Oh, y'all don't want to say anything to the preacher on Wednesday night. Thought I'd quote Pastor Chavis there for just a second. Praise the Lord. The only other, oh, by the way, did you know that the Bible is the only book that has 40 different translations in Braille? Even blind can get in this book. And while they're laying their fingers on it, they can hear and feel God's holy word and can be saved by just feeling it out. Oh, somebody say amen. The American Bible Society has just completed not long ago the only Bible that from Genesis to Exodus can be translated by sign language. Somebody say amen. This book is legit. Somebody say glory. You can't live without it. You can't be healed without the word. You can't be, you can't be saved without the word. It's the word of God. That's what we need. The Bible is right and somebody is wrong. Between the 2015 and 2019, the United Bible Society distributed 1.8 billion Bibles throughout the world. You know, a lot of the times, because we listen to the news and we are busy with the news, busy with all the things going on in the world, busy with everything that we forget. We're still winning. I said, we're winning. How can we not win with a book like this? How can we not win? 1.8 billion Bibles distributed by one organization, the United Bible Society. The Gideons, how many of you know the Gideons? People still mad about the Gideons because every time you go to that hotel to do whatever people do in hotel rooms besides sleep when they open up that drawer what's looking at them you're welcome the Bible <laughs> amen they can't do what they want to do because when they pull the drawer open Chan, there's a Bible laying there it makes you back up a little bit in Jesus name did you know they give out 70 million Bibles a year Say amen. 70 million Bibles a year. For those of you that have the Bible on your phone, I would challenge you, though, real quick, since we're talking about phones, <laughs> to, you know, if you got the iPhone and you're saved and you got an iPhone. <laughs> what? Praise the Lord. You got the Holy Ghost, you got an iPhone. Every Sunday... Every Sunday, Brian, it gives you an update about how much time you spent on your phone. Got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Say amen. Got quiet in here. And then if you, most of y'all just look at it and then just like ignore it. You know, you just, you know, you just move away because you don't want the truth. Like Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Y'all don't know nothing about that movie. That's all right. Y'all children. Be saved in Jesus' name. 
But then you can open it up if you do happen to go to your notification area and you open it up. It'll tell you how much time you spent on each app in your phone. <laughs> it's all right. It's 7.52 if you're taking medicine and I'm about to land this boat right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glory to God. And I dare you to open it up right now and see how much time you spend in the Bible app versus Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapworld. You know all of them. Just do a little comparison. Open your phone up. I dare you. To, no, don't do it because then y'all with the altars, we don't have enough room in the altars for all you people that want to have to repent. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Let me keep on preaching. Uh, for those of you with the YouVersion Bible app, in 2021, YouVersion celebrated 500 million people installed the Bible app. Say Glory. Now you just need to, after you install it, you need to open it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm preaching better in this front row right here shouting. I promise you that. Y'all need to, in the back, need to help the front row shout a little bit. Oh, y'all didn't know there was a Bible app? You should try it. Glory to God. 64 billion chapters have been read out of the Bible app since 2021. Say glory to God. The Bible is unique in its survival. Through time, there has never been a historical document that has faced more scrutiny than the Bible. There has never been a historical document that has been preserved the legitimacy and the validation of this word more than the Bible. Compared with other ancient writings, the Bible has more manuscript evidence to support itself than any ten pieces of classical literature combined. There is more proof that Jesus Christ walked the earth than Abraham Lincoln was president of the United States. Did you hear what I just said? There is more literary proof that Jesus Christ was a man that walked the earth and rose from the dead from sources even outside of the Bible than there's proof that Abraham Lincoln was a president in the United States. Yet we will believe other books more than we trust and believe the Bible. In 1778, the Frenchman Voltaire said that within a hundred years of his lifetime that Christianity would be swept from existence and passed into history. Only 50 years after he made that statement, uh, the Geneva Bible Society was using the very printing press uh, that he had invented to print thousands of Bibles. Look at God. The Bible has had many enemies. They come and they go, but the Bible's got a scripture for that. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain. You want to trust in something that will remain? Your high school relationship will not remain, but the word of God shall remain. Somebody say amen. It's unique in prophecy. There are over 300 Old Testament prophecies pointing directly to Christ. All of them have been fulfilled. But did you know that if to, in order for even eight of those prophecies to be fulfilled statistically, 
that you could feel the state of Texas. I could take one half dollar, put a mark on that half dollar, then fill the entire state of Texas with half dollars two feet high all over the state of Texas. Then blindfold somebody and tell them to go find that one coin that I put a dot in and find it in the state of Texas. It is more likely that that blindfolded man could find that one coin that has a dot on it in a state full of coins up to two feet high than even eight prophecies being fulfilled exactly about one individual. But Christ was so magnificent magnificent in all that he did the word of God was prophesying about what he already knew was going to happen he laid it out perfectly and that's why we can trust the word of God because not only has every prophecy been fulfilled about Jesus Christ but there are still some yet to be fulfilled and I'm waiting for that glorious day if over 300 can be fulfilled already then why not believe that the rest is going to be fulfilled. Pastor George, Jesus is coming soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Cares all past. I'm home at last ever to rejoice. The Bible is right. Jesus is coming soon. But as long as you know the power and the validity of God's word, you'll be in that glorious number, ready to meet him in the air. You ought to stand up to your feet and give God the biggest praise that we've got the best book in human history, better than Time Magazine, better than the Washington Post. We've got the book that is the number one seller, and it's mine, oh yes. It's mine. You ought to give God the best praise you can right now. I feel like running because I got a hold of the book. I feel like praising because the book has got a hold of me. I feel good because it explains everything we need to know. I feel the Holy Ghost. It ain't even 8 o'clock, and I feel the Holy Ghost. We've got a book. And you ought to not be afraid to use it. A book that is relevant for every area of your life. A book that can answer every question that has ever been available to even ask the Bible has already answered. There ain't nothing that this book cannot touch in your life. I wonder if we need a revival in reading this book. I wonder if we need more Bible studies and not less. Oh, I wish somebody say amen. amen. I wonder if some of our men ought to be finding some of our young men and saying, we need a Bible study. We'll do it over Magoo's. Say glory. 
Somebody called me and asked me if I want to read the Bible and eat chicken. I'll be like, amen. Say glory. I wonder if we need more women to get some of these young girls. Because we're raising a generation that's completely ignorant of God's word. Say amen. I'm just trying to challenge somebody in this church. Amen. Glory to God. Lift up your hands towards heaven. Let's pray. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.